So, all right, Second uh, Corinthians chapter five. Yeah. Right. The 25th of March is a very special day for our church, right? Oh. And that's our Easter sunrise? Is it? Okay. Is that what that is? Yeah. No. No, it's the next one. Oh. Well, it's in March. Yeah, it has maybe, to maybe it is. A bit because, yeah, the 24th, we're all going out to uh, Dr. Street. And then the 31st is our Easter Sunrise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There, is, there is five Sundays. Okay. So the 24th would be uh, door-to-door, won't it? Yeah, okay. It's on Sunday. No, 25th of Monday. Okay, I think you're right. It is the so this is the adopt the street. The adopt the street. So is the 31st the sunrise service? The 31st. All right. Okay. Well, we're getting out there a month, but though that's, that's good to, good to think about and keep, keep on schedule. Yeah. 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 That's what I made mention of. And, and we may do that ourselves. I'm not sure yet. Uh, so yeah, certainly be welcome to, but you have to come. You have to come back on the 24th. You can't go to another class and like it too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you would, Kevin. But yeah, let's all turn to uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 4. Sorry. I, I just, I, I think I just wrote that on the door there, or on the board, I think. Yeah. Anyway, did everybody get a handout, hopefully? All right, hey, Brian. There's a couple seats together right here or right there by Ryan. Is your wife with you today? All right. Right on. Those girls turned those seats around to get a little table there. Yeah. All the handouts in the back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Second Corinthians four. We are going to do the last half of this ver- uh, chapter today. <clears throat> and so, uh, let's see. Alan, are you there? All right. We're going to let Alan read verse seven for us, would you? Chapter three. Chapter four, verse seven. You're in First Corinthians. Go, go to Second uh, Corinthians four. Yeah, there is that it. Four and verse seven. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, now he, he talks, he, he says, but, so th- this is a, uh, I kind of divided this chapter up, verses 1 through 6, and then the 7 through 12, and then 13 through 18, but in verse 7, uh, I, 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 I titled this Manifest Treasure. He's going to show how this treasure, and what is that treasure he's talking about? And what do you say? It, it is earthen vessels, but the treasure's in there. What is the treasure? Who, what, what do you say, Pam? It, it is Jesus. It is the Holy Spirit. Uh, well, let me show you what I got out of this. It says in verse 4, 
I mean, you're all, you're all right. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel. So, so it is the gospel. It is Christ. It is the Holy Spirit. But, but I put the word light in there and there's kind of a reason I did that. <clears throat> so, so we, we have this light, this glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. It's, it's in these earthen vessels. And uh, th- think of it like this. Uh, <clears throat> uh, you, you'll you'll think this is kind of funny. When I was a kid, there was a Pepsi commercial where um, where you know how uh, airplanes can write something in the sky. So this guy hired this airplane to write the words "Marry Me" in the sky. Does anybody remember that commercial? Yeah. You do, Pam. So I took that thought, and uh, I was getting ready to ask Angie to marry me about this time. And so I was up on the farm, and she lived in Florida. So we wrote a letter. We, my dad said I could only call her three times a week. I mean, we had some pretty stringent rules, and it couldn't be after so you know late at night. And uh, anyway, yeah, it was long distance. Anyway. <laughs> we probably did. Maybe an hour later. So. Anyway, uh, so all winter long, I gathered up some feed sacks. Anyway, I had like bundles of 50 of these protein feed sacks that we used to feed cattle. And I spelled out the word marry me on this hillside. with, And I caught them on fire the night I asked her to marry me. That's how I did it. But what I was going to say about that is, you know, if you've got a wedding ring... You know, you got this, let's say it's a $2,000 wedding ring inside a $2 box, don't you? And that's kind of like this, we have this light. We've got a glorious gospel in these earthen vessels. And uh, God wants our light to shine, doesn't he? And uh, so, so that's exactly, if you look at your handout, that's exactly what happened with Gideon's 300. And Angie said yes, by the way. That was... Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what the date was of that it was she just graduated high school and she came to our town to live with her sister for the summer and then we got married in August of that year so it was a short engagement and but yeah what are you thinking but Kevin Mhm yeah yeah it's like the ark of the covenant inside the temp the tabernacle that that's exactly what it is but here, this Gideon's 300, and I, I like these stories in the Bible. And just read this from your handout. There's a couple verses out of Judges 7. It says, So Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came unto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch. And, and that would that'd be about midnight, by the way. This is kind of a prophecy of the return of Christ. It says, And they had newly, they had but newly set the watch. And they blew the trumpets and break the pitchers that were in their hands. And the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow withal. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And uh, so if you can picture that, they, there's some kind of earthen vessel that was a pitcher and they put like a candle or oil with a wick, like a lantern, and they, so they're in the nighttime, and there's these three companies, and they're surrounding the Midianites, and uh, somehow Gideon gave the signal, and all these 300 men break the pitchers, blow the horn, the lights shining, and all the Midianites flee. This is like the middle of the night. And so, you know, as the, as the, uh, as the world gets darker and darker and darker, it's easier to let our light shine, isn't it? But uh, the, the the point here to us is we have to be somewhat broken, don't we? And uh, <clears throat> you know, you know, I've told this to guys in jail, just and ladies, just you know, if it took going to jail for you to get right with the Lord, then it was worth it. And and the same thing, you know, uh, someone that's gotten cancer. You know, if that's what it took, you know, then praise the Lord. 
you know, to get you repentant and broken. Broken is the word. And so just like, uh, so Paul is saying, and, and look what he goes on to say, uh, read, read verses 8 and 9, Kevin. Are you there in your Bible? Yeah. <clears throat> Let's read these next two verses. Um, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not despaired. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. And so the word I put there is just a Christian... Uh, perseverance, S-E, and uh, I told you what before what that preacher from uh, Las Vegas said. Just the in ministry, we need to have thick skin but tender hearts, and so th- there's a certain amount of pers- perseverance that all of us need to have. Uh, because, uh, Alan Shelby calls, uh, Christianity the hard but right way. And so there is a, a certain hardness that soldiers have to endure. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, we're, we're starting to realize that even with our daughter. They just moved to Germany this week. Uh, her, her husband got stationed over there. And, uh, you know, just a lot of unknowns of packing up your house and moving away and, uh, but anyway, uh, perseverance, and I listened to a, a TED talk the other day, and and uh, they the speaker just said, you know, what leadership really needs is a certain amount of grit. So that was their that was their key point of their message was grit. And and Paul is saying that he's like, you know, there's trouble all around, but you know what? We're we're not distressed. He it's kind of like being in the eye of the storm. He he says we are perplexed. But not in despair, so so they're not depressed about it, even though things are confusing going on around them. That they're persecuted, and uh, you know the Bible says, "Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution." And then he even says, "Cast down, but not destroyed." And uh, being cast down is is uh, is like a more of a literal, you know, throwing down and. Maybe a physical thing, but he says, you know what, we're, we're not destroyed. In fact, look over at chapter 7 and verse 6, maybe just a page over to the right. 7, 6 says, Nevertheless, God that comforteth those that are cast down comforted us by the coming of Titus. And so uh, he was, you know, part of his troubling was he didn't have Titus with him. And now, now he's, he says, you know, God comforted us while we were cast down. And, uh, I don't think I haven't talked about this for a little while, but just a little bit of an overview. Uh, I, I put out the maps and it looks like Jim's got some dots here. Uh, Jerusalem down here and Antioch was kind of the sending church. They were first called Christians at Antioch. And so that was the sending place. And uh, so you have the purple line is the second missionary journey. And so it was during his second missionary journey that he made it from Athens to Corinth is the pink dot. I don't know when you put that on there, Jim, but that was good. And then he let, uh, I think he was there for a year and a half. And then he went to Ephesus. He was here for like three years. So uh, anyway, uh Turn in your Bibles with me for a minute, just to Philippians. I heard this verse, and I didn't. I didn't. I already printed my handout. I didn't put it on there, but you should put Philippians one twelve on your handout, and uh, I'll put it there for uh, next time if I ever teach this again. So, Philipp, Philippians one twelve. Would somebody read that to us? Uh, let's see. Angie, we're that the things Yeah, so that's Philippians or yeah, Philippians. I'm not exact oh Phil Philippi was right up there, Philip. But uh what I was gonna tell you four of 
four of Paul's epistles um, he wrote while he was in prison. And uh, what Teresa just read was while he's in prison, he's like, he, he says something like, these things have fallen out for the furtherance of the gospel. And don't, don't you think that that's kind of a weird thing? Like, I'm in prison so that the gospel could go further. And uh, so what we just read in Corinthians, he's like, man, we're troubled, we're perplexed, we're cast down, we're... we're and even even imprisoned, he says, it's fallen out for the furtherance of the gospel because now it's going to allow somebody else to get up and preach instead of Paul because he's kind of uh, incarcerated. Philippians one twelve. Yeah. Also ministered to the the prison keepers. Yes. That's uh, that's what he was in uh, Rome for two years. He was like shackled to a a soldier, wasn't he? And uh, so, yeah, he had at least four of his epistles were written while he was in prison. So, you know, uh, and I tell the guys in jail when I was in there, just, you know, make good use of your downtime. You know, we can send them discipleship material. There's a lot of stuff online now. But, you know, I, I really think that part of the reason Paul was in prison was so he could write down <laughs> what we have today is our Bible. You know, while he's out there preaching and talking to people and starting churches and appointing leaders, he may not have had time to, you know, write down a lot of this, but uh, he did while he was in prison. And I honestly think, uh, by the way, who who wrote the first five books of the Bible? No, no, the Old Testament. Who wrote the first five books? Tracy. If I had a candy bar, I would give it to you. It was Moses. So, uh, and and I, I honestly think, you know, the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and Moses died right at the end of that. You know, maybe he was wandering in the wilderness, so he had time. They had at least 17 uh, encampments, so they... They camped 17 different places. And uh, so anyway, uh, it's just some practical things to think about. And then in verse 10, uh, Angie, why don't we come up here with you, verse 10 of 2 Corinthians 4. Um, always bearing about in his body the dying of the Lord Jesus, the life also Jesus must be made manifest in Yeah, so this, this treasure... In earthen vessels needs to be broken, and in what Angie is saying, uh, that uh, that we're we're alive, but we're always bearing about the, the dying of the Lord Jesus. So whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. And and I gave you a verse there that uh, from Romans, for none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live. We live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. And so Paul was uh, bearing, and, and some of that was physical. You know, he uh, had been uh, blinded on the road to Damascus. He had been uh, stoned at one place and left for dead. He had been in prison. And so he's he's bearing literal physical marks of suffering for the Lord. And then verse 11 and 12, uh, Aura, can you read 11 and 12 for us? Yeah, so... That word manifest shows up there that there's uh, his life is uh, his body manifests the Lord's uh, life. And I give you one of my favorite verses here on your handout, the Galatians 2.20. And I had a pastor write this in my Bible. Uh, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me and the life which I now live. In the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
<clears throat> and so I really like that. So he is, he's crucified with Christ, which represents death, but nevertheless he lives. So it's that death, it's that brokenness. And, uh, he says <clears throat> that, uh, death worketh in us, but life in you. I think it's in Galatians where, um, it's funny, I heard that just on the radio this morning, just how that, um, you know, when when babies are born, you know, everybody's rejoicing, but, uh, you know, it took travail, it took the woman's labor pains to bring forth that birth. And, uh, you know, there, Paul's saying that, you know, I am dying so that you can live. And uh, and I think it's in Galatians where it says, it's a, Paul says something like, I, I, I labor and travail until Christ be formed in you. And so there's really a, um, you know, it, it's kind of, kind of graphic to think about those things, isn't it? That there's a certain amount of, uh, sacrifice, there's a certain amount of labor, but, uh, yet we rejoice, uh, when new life comes forth. Uh huh. The Chinese have a thing about broken pottery that they're, um, when it's fixed, they fix it with gold, which yeah. makes it more precious to them. Oh, so God, we are broken. God fixes us. We are precious hmm. to Him. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's very... Huh. Huh. Okay. No, very good thought, uh, Teresa. So I put in your teaching point, we are uh, manifest. Uh, we are manifest, we are to manifest Christ in our lives, but it takes brokenness and death to self. And so, uh, that is, the paradox of the Christian life, isn't it? Now I gave you uh, this next section it talks about some eternal things, and so uh, Jaime, would you read verse thirteen for us? We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is required. I believe, and therefore, have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore, speak. Yeah. Now it says this same spirit of faith and uh what I what I put in your blank there was just the word mutual because that that is part of our I think that's part of our theme verse for this class. Uh Paul says we have a mutual faith with faith with one another. I gave you a verse from Romans 1:12. He says, that is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. And, uh, you, you know all of us have been given a mutual, or, or a, uh, a measure of faith. So, it, it is possible for us to believe. <clears throat> and, uh, so we gather here on Sunday morning, and we are to edify one another and build up each other in our mutual faith. And so Paul is saying that we have this same spirit of faith according as it is written. He, uh, If you look on the back side of your handout, I gave you uh, kind of all the Old Testament references, at least that I found, that are in the book of 2 Corinthians. And if, if you go down to 2 Corinthians 4.13 that Jaime read, does everybody see it says Psalm 116 verse 10? And, and that, that verse I printed on the first, on the front of your page. Uh, if you look back on the front of your page, that verse Psalm 116 verse 10 says, I believe, therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. And so Paul is saying that, that, uh, even though he was afflicted and all these things happened to him, he yet believes, and therefore he is speaking. And 
Uh, I think it's in the Psalms also where it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So when, when you're redeemed, you should want to tell others, shouldn't you? You should have a, a testimony. You should have a desire to share your faith. And uh, any, any other thoughts about that? We'll, we'll talk about that chart here in just a minute. But uh, uh, Brian, would you read verse 14 from Second Corinthians there? So that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Yeah, so th- this is a this is a great promise. It says knowing. Now uh look at chapter five, and we'll talk about this in a couple weeks. Chapter five, verse one, doesn't it say, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle we're dissolved, we have a building of God, and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So he says we know that. Uh, if this earthly body is dissolved, if it was to die, if it was to be buried, we've got a house in heaven. Christ said he goes to prepare a mansion for us. It's not just a house, it's a mansion. And I think I've taught you this before, but... uh and I'll give it to you next in two weeks. <clears throat> the word tabernacle, uh, is the word skino. That's where we get the word skin from. And so Paul is saying that, uh, our fleshly body is kind of a tabernacle because it houses the Holy Spirit of God. And if this house, this tabernacle were dissolved, then God's making me a building and he's not making it with his hands. And guess what? It's eternal. It's a, it's a glorified body. And so that gives us hope, doesn't it? And, uh, so, uh, if you don't know that you have, uh, eternity with the Lord, then that's what you need to know is, uh, I'm right now, I'm letting my light shine. The, the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ has saved me. He's come into my life. And I want to let that shine. And uh, he said earlier in this chapter that the lost are blinded. They're still in darkness. And so we want uh, our light to shine. And uh, just like in Genesis 1-3 where God says, let there be light. And there was light. If you will let there be light in your life, then uh, the Lord will come into your heart and change you. And uh, you'll want to tell others as well. So... Anyway, this is the mutual faith, this is the mutual spirit that we have, that we want others to be saved. And Paul said that in the verse that Brian read. He, he says, knowing, knowing that we, that he, which raised up the Lord, that's, uh, and you know, uh, you, you can see the Trinity in the resurrection. There's places where it says God raised him from the dead. There's other places that said the Spirit of God raised him from the dead. And Christ said, no man takes my life from me. But I give it up and, and I will, uh, I will raise it up again. So Christ, uh, is part of the resurrection. The Holy Spirit is part of the resurrection. God the Father is part of the resurrection. And Paul says, just like that, uh, Jesus Christ, we know that we're going to be presented uh, unto Him with you. And so, we, you remember when we studied Job, the first chapter and the second chapter it says there was a day when the sons of God presented themselves before the Lord. And Satan was with them. Uh, there's some type of presenting. So when you go before the Lord, uh, you know, you don't want to go empty handed. You don't want to be naked. And so you want to be clothed with his righteousness. And so that we're not ashamed. And we're, we're going to be presented before the Lord. <clears throat> and, you know, honestly, uh, Brian Hedges has made mention of this before. Just, you know, he, he, he wants to be able to present the church, the, the Heartland Baptist Fellowship before the Lord. Uh, you know, he wants to, uh, uh, you know, present them as a chaste virgin like uh, Paul wanted to present the Corinthians here. So any, any thoughts about all that as we're going down through here? Cool. Well, there's, there is a confidence in knowing, uh, Tracy, do you want to read verse uh, 14 for us? Hmm. I think I already had some. Read verse 15. For all things are for your sakes, 
Let's uh, let's all learn a new word today. I bet nobody said that word this week. Redound. 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 Uh, so my my statement there on your hand is abundant grace produces redound glory to God, and so this word redound means to rise or swell as waves, to exceed a fixed number of measure. To be left over and above a certain number or measure. So, just like God has given us abundant grace, and uh, one thing I'm seeing is uh, grace is a lot of time uh, connected with riches. So, uh, Christ was rich, yet He became poor for our sake, that we might uh, be made. Uh, the word grace is in there. I don't think I quoted that just right, but and it's even in Proverbs it talks about the riches of His grace, and so. Uh, just like we have an abundant, you know what abundant means? It means more than enough. And uh, so redound, we want to give him more than enough glory, don't we? And so that's what redound means. It's to swell up. We've got all this grace, and we want to just swell up and give him glory for it, and even above measure. But now this uh, this next verse talks about the inner man. Uh, who, who wants to read 16? I think. Hammer to you. For which cause we think not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is the Yeah, so we, we talked about, uh, in verse 1, it talks at the end there that we faint not. We've got a ministry, we faint not. And in verse 16, which Pam read, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. And is that true, uh, Emmett and Pam? You're, you're our seniors in here. Uh, the outward man's perishing. I know uh, Pam showed me a picture of her spine there the other day, and she's got some spine issues. And the out, the outward body's uh, it's perishing, isn't it? And uh, that's true. I, my dad had his knee operated on this week, and. He had good luck with one knee replacement, so the other one, uh, uh, it, it had already had some work done on it. But anyway, uh, you know, he's using a walker, and he'll be 88 in April. And so, uh, you know, he's trying to go grow strong, but, you know, he says, son, you know, it's getting harder to drive. My eyesight's not as good. And, you know, just the outward man is perishing. And no matter how old or young... Uh, Probably Alan's the youngest in here, maybe, but, you know, you're uh, not as spry as you once were, maybe. You're, you play, he played some football in college, even, didn't you? So, uh, was it Pitt State? Yeah, so, uh, you maybe can't do now what you did then, but, uh, that is true of all of us. And so from the moment we take our first breath, you know, that's kind of starts the clock, doesn't it? And, uh, but the inward, this is the good news, the inward man is renewed day by day. And, and how, how is that renewed? How do we renew the inner man? It is through God's word. Yeah. Jim, it's funny. Every time you reach up to your phone, I think you're asking a question. My, my peripheral vision, I see. Oh, it's... Twelve, yeah. Be, be transformed. So yeah, we're we're transformed by the renewing. So the word of God has that effect. We can be renewed. Uh, we can be uh, strengthened. And uh, I think I'm trying to think of the verses I gave you there on, on the back side of your paper. First uh, Peter three four. It's funny that verse in Peter is talking about ladies. That, you know, their husbands can be one, uh, without them saying anything. It's talking to ladies, but it tells ladies that there's a hidden man of your heart. And so if you have Christ dwelling in you, uh, even though you're a lady, uh, you have a, a, a hidden man in your heart. And, uh, it's kind of true of, uh, even if you're a guy, if you're saved, we are the bride of Christ. So, 
it's really funny that uh, there's really neither male nor female uh, in in Christ. We're we're one, and uh, we're we're sons of God, and yet we're the bride of Christ. So just uh, emphasis on different things there. And then I gave you a verse from Ephesians on your handout. It says that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. <clears throat> and so that uh, you should read that sometime. That that is Paul's prayer. You know, there's a great prayer mentioned, but uh, it's written for us that Hannah prayed in First Samuel. Uh, there's some great. Uh, Prayer by Daniel, the book of Daniel, and here, here, this is a reference to Paul's prayer for the Ephesians, and and he wanted God to grant them, according to His riches, to be strengthened uh, with might by His Spirit in the inner man. So, the the Spirit uh, is in the inner man. Any any other thoughts there? I just think that's really rich. Uh, Verse. Verse 17, uh, Carol, do you want to read that? Yeah, now, he just got done saying in verse 7, uh, or verse 8, that they're, you know, they're troubled, they're in, they're perplexed, they're distressed, they're persecuted. But now he's saying, really, that's just a light affliction. Uh, and so all, all of us, uh, you know, maybe going through something even now, but n- notice it, it mentions the word weight. So, so if we had a, a set of balances up here, you know, and you put your affliction and I put my affliction on the scales and it may seem heavy to us, but it, it says in comparison with glory, then it's really just a light affliction because whatever we're going through, it's really just for a moment. You know, a day with the Lord is as a thousand years. So let's say, and, and Larry, you uh, you struggled with your feet since you were a little boy, and you've told me that. And so he's got a disability, and you've gone through it for 40 how many years? I've gone through it. Your whole life? I've gone through it ever since I was three years old. Yeah. And I'm sure he gets frustrated. He sees people running or jogging, and he's like, "Man, I can't do that." But yeah, yeah, and I know I can't. Yeah, and uh, that's why. But you know, if you compare 50 years of struggling with walking or running, you know, compared with a million years of being with the Lord, it, you know, you can do that. It, it, if you keep some eternal things in perspective. <clears throat> um, yeah, Sherry. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just things you don't even think about. We just take it for granted, don't we? That we can grab something, maybe your brother can't. Hmm. You can make cookies, and he he, probably, he has to use his other hand. <laughs> yeah, Larry. It's just like when I'm walking for long distance, I can't do it anymore. Uh huh. My leg, I know uh, probably three or four years ago now we were doing life issues and we usually get here at 6.30 and it starts at 7. But back then, uh, Del Lytle used to beat us here 
he had a key. He could unlock the door. So he was almost always here when we got here. So he's wanting to talk to me and I'm rushing around and I'm like, Dale, I, I can't talk right now. I got to get set up. And Dale, he, he says this. He goes, I wish I had to rush around because he had a walker, you know, and you know, he just, he couldn't do that. And anyway, it kind of put things a little bit in perspective for me. It's like, okay. Um, I need to be thankful that I guess I can rush around or whatever. Yeah. I remember when she was there when we lived in Guatemala. It was a small town, like a spring weather over She used to walk every day, like at least like five miles. Like really? School, kitchen, and go back to the house. Wow. She used to walk a lot. I like. Yeah. She like She's an outdoor person. She was uh, like to walk a lot. Also. Now it's like, hmm. I got to pull you Struggle. Nice her mind is so clear. She wants to do so many things, but her body is hmm. not ready for anything. He does the same way. He's 93 today, and he was talking a lot of time about it. He can't walk without a walker. But he really isn't a wheelchair most of the time. He can, he can use a walker as long as my mom's uh. walking behind him with a wheelchair ready to catch him. So it's frustrating. Uh. He's, he's always like that, too. He's always been uh. active and whatever he wants. Well, that, that is what we're talking about, and uh, we've all maybe got stories. So, I gave you a verse on your handout about this. So, letter E, the paradox is our light affliction develops an eternal weight of glory. And the verse is from Romans 8. It says, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And so we do, we do need to, uh, we do need to keep our nose in the book, don't we? We need to, uh, be illuminated and, uh, really have a, uh, you know, Colossians says to set our affection on things above, not on things of the earth. So as we set our affection on things above, we're, we're renewed in our mind and, uh, some of the temporary things, uh, diminish. Now, uh, verse 18, uh, Teresa, you already read it. Let me have Larry read. Larry, you read uh, verse 18 for us, if you would. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are Yeah, that's, uh, it talks about some seen and unseen things. I wanted to read you a verse, uh, Larry, as you were looking at that, uh, the very, the very first part of that verse that Larry read, it says, while we look not at the things which are seen, so, uh, it sounds weird to look at things that are not seen, doesn't it? Uh, in, in Hebrews 12, 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so, you know, when we pray, uh, maybe even when you sing this morning, you might, you might be, you know, looking upward. But, uh, you know, looking unto Jesus, if Jesus is inside of you, you know, in a way, we need to be looking inside of us, uh, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And uh, uh, that is unseen, isn't it? Uh, so what Larry read, we look not at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen for the... Things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now, uh, class, this is a test. What are the two things that are eternal? Word of God, soul of man. So I had you put word of God in one of your blanks. What was the other? And he said, yeah, souls of men. Now, um you know, you could also say God is eternal. And so uh, that kind of goes without saying. But 
if if we're to focus on things that are eternal, you know that that's what this class is called being ministry minded. And so it, as we go adopt a street, as we uh, speak with people, uh, one of the things that was said yesterday in the discipleship conference it was just really good. Uh, our, the, the preacher Tom Gang. So in the main service today, Tom Gang is going to be preaching. Uh, he's from uh, Jackson, Ohio, or Jackson something. Maybe it's Jackson Town. Okay. It's it's right by Canton. I don't think it's actually it's Jackson something, but anyway. Uh, he said that the value of something is kind of based on the rarity of it. Like, he said that gold is more precious than silver because there's less of it. And he said silver was more precious than copper because there's less silver. And, I, and and then he said, you know, everybody has a certain amount of blood in them, but only Jesus had the blood of God in him. And so there's only like, you know... Uh, I think he said five quarts. I don't know how that compares to pints right now, but there's, I think, between seven and twelve pints in a human body. But the blood of Christ is what God used to purchase the church, uh, Acts 20, 28 says. And so God purchased us with his blood, so God gives each of us value, doesn't he? And rather, we're the pastor that's speaking or you know, the person uh, that's uh, disabled or the child or the young or the old all have value, don't they? Don't we? <clears throat> and uh, that's why we say there's there's level ground at the foot of the cross because nobody, uh, uh, I used to say this to the inmates, that you know, nobody's too bad that they can't be saved and nobody's too good that they don't need to be saved. And so... Uh, <clears throat> And I also used to say just how uh, God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay that way. And that's true of all of us as well. Is uh, God has a list of things that maybe he would like to see uh, us change or do better. And uh, But he really just points to that one thing, maybe two things. It's like son or daughter, you know, you really need to work on this, don't you? And... Um, <clears throat> So if you look at the, uh, I think that's all your blanks. Uh, I think it was uh, the word men. Uh, I think I put men in that last blank, sorry. Uh, so anyway, we need to, and when we, we do keep an eternal focus on, on God and his word and uh, people, then we'll be renewed in our inner man and whatever affliction you have, it's... Uh, just for a moment. So, uh, at the bottom here, this Old Testament cross-references in the book of 2 Corinthians, kind of the, the things that stick out is the 2 Corinthians 3 there, there's a whole bunch, I think there's close to 50 verses in this list, and we we may look up some from time to time, but not really today, but that Second Corinthians three three has to do with the old covenant and the things that were written therein, and how now we're we're living epistles, and uh, really the the evidence of God working even in this church is is changed lives, isn't it? You know, we have people uh, who have been drug addicts that are members of our church. We have, you know, all spectrums of people that God has changed and brought into his uh, fold uh, at this church. And so that's what Paul is saying is, you know, we, we don't need a letter from the president. We don't need a letter from the governor that, you know, this is a church. It, it's a church because God is changing lives and they, we are living epistles. Um any any other thoughts before we close on the book of Second Corinthians four? We'll pick, yeah, yeah. We're uh, 
trying to focus on being ministry minded and we're we're hearing uh, this is kind of the apostle Paul's handbook and he's being pretty uh open and vulnerable with us about his thoughts his desire for the Corinthians he commends them at times he corrects them at times and so that's that's true with all of us but uh kind of the logo I chose was just you know Jesus washing the disciples feet and if you don't have a, I think we've got some more notebooks. Does anybody need a notebook? Uh, Alan or Ryan, you don't have one, do you? Uh, yeah, you can put your hand out in here. Uh, give one to Ryan there. Tracy, do you have one or do you need one? Yeah, what? You need one? Does anybody else just raise your hand? Uh, you got one, Jimmy? Got one. I got three. So, anyway, that's just a way to keep your notes. And, uh, I don't know what Chris will have next week, but Chris will be in here next week. So hopefully you can be here to support, encourage him. And, uh, Chris and Lauren, if you didn't hear, they're pregnant. And that's what Jimmy was mentioning up here that next year they're going to have a dedication for their child if the Lord doesn't come back first. So, so Jimmy's got a new name with your Yeah, almost. When's she do, uh, Jim? <laughs> Three o'clock. <laughs> All right. Uh oh, Angie, this battery must have died. It, it's not recording. Hey Jim, can you send that link to Jim? He said this died so she can record on. I started it, but it's dead. Here. Yeah. So um, she just had me send him a link. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, well, thank you for joining us online. If you're listening online, and we will close up in prayer. Pam, good to see you, sister. You, uh, been a minute. So hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed the class. Um, all right, let, let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Lord, we do, uh, close in prayer here today. Lord, we, uh, want your good hand upon everything we do and, uh, Father, help, uh,